we should start a podcast. Yeah, we've all said it. But when it comes time to make it a reality, we get stuck. Well, here's some good news. With Spreaker, all you need to start a podcast is a microphone and a good idea. Spreaker handles the recording, management, distribution, and monetization of your podcast, allowing you to focus on making a podcast. Whether you're discussing the latest moves in the tech sector or just your dating life, Spreaker gives you tools to make your podcast a hit and professional insights about who is listening and where. And as your podcast dream grows, Spreaker only becomes more useful, letting you upload and schedule multiple episodes at the same time, push to multiple platforms, and customize RSS feeds. But what about making money? With Spreaker, monetization is as easy as checking a few boxes. So next time someone says to you, we should start a podcast, say yes and let Spreaker handle the rest. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started. Welcome. Welcome to Overwatch, airing only on Firefall Talk Radio and the Firefall Network. I'm Richard Grund, broadcasting on a special Monday night edition of Overwatch. As I said, I'm going to do these as I'm able to do them. I really want to keep to the Sunday night uh, old reflections and the dark schedule, but I was unable to do so last night, so here we are. You may not always agree with our point of view, but you will be challenged, informed, and hopefully inspired to do your own research. You should want to know more. Overwatch was created to take Reflections in the Dark to the next level. Reflections in the Dark was a boots-on-the-ground point of view, and Overwatch is a view from above. We're taking a look at everything, connecting the dots, piecing it together, and giving you our spiritual, supernatural viewpoint. On current events, politics, finance, cybersecurity, and trends, prophecy in the end times, religion, and the paranormal. We're going to offer it to you for your consideration. Do not be ignorant. Do not be caught off guard. We've been talking about the COVID-19 coronavirus. It's in the news, still in the news, may be here for a little while. Crunching the numbers, according to John Hopkins... There are currently 100,397 confirmed cases worldwide. What was it? Uh, seven, six, seven days ago, eight days ago? Hold on. I had it in my head. Now I forgot it. It went right out one of my ears. Eight days ago, the number was 87,508. So we're looking at numbers going up in about a week's time. Um, there have been 3,892 fatalities. Eight days ago it was 2,990. So it's not that big of a, well, it's almost 1,000. And then we have 62,392 people recovered 
42,670 was the other day. Now, the majority of the numbers are in China. Last week, China's numbers were 79,826. They're now 80,735. So either A, they're underreporting, which is more than likely, or B, um, it's just slowing down there. They've got 3,008 confirmed deaths. Eight days ago, it was 2,870. And there have been 46,488 people recovered and it was 41,825, so the recoveries have slowed down as well. But here's the problem. We have to take all Chinese information with a dose of doubt, a heavy dose of doubt. Why? Because Beijing's communist leaders have been less than truthful from day one as to how serious things are. We know that the Chinese authoritarians censor any and all citizen journalists that don't keep their mouths shut, don't follow the party line, and try to get the word out to the real world, the scope and magnitude of the outbreak. As we see, um, they just tend to disappear. Nobody ever sees them again. And we know that mostly empty Chinese factories are now being told to ramp up electricity use to make it look like they're actually in use. Now, if you've seen aerial photos of the pollution before and after, you'll you'll know that before this happened, Wuhan was a giant yellow, mustard yellow cloud. Um, now there's little to no pollution. But what they're trying to do is make people think that they've gone back to work. And um, it's not true. And this is coming from Chinese news sources that I'll mention in a second. They're, they believe that the uh, Chinese governments are under-reporting the infection rates and that they are more than 52 times higher than the official numbers. And now, according to whistleblowers and Chinese residents, the country's reported recovery from the outbreak is also phony. Theweek.com did a story called China's Coronavirus Recovery is All Fake, Whistleblowers and Residents Claim. They got it from a site called Caixing, C-A-I-X-I-N-G, Global, CaixingGlobal.com, which is a business and tech news website in China that has um, English translations. And basically it says the lights are on, but no one's working. They could have said the lights are on, but nobody's home, but they didn't. And the local governments are faking the recovery. Beijing has spent much of the outbreak pushing districts to carry on business as usual, to uh, show that everything's on, leaving things on, even subsidizing the electricity costs to make it look like the factories are humming. Zhejiang, a province east of the epicenter Wuhan, claimed as of February 24th it had restored 98.6% of its pre-coronavirus work capacity. Well, I'm wondering how they doing that they're doing that considering the amount of people that are in quarantine. The skies don't lie. There's no pollution. But civil servants tell Cakeson that businesses are actually faking the numbers. Beijing started checking on the business electricity consumption levels. So the district officials ordered the companies start leaving their lights and machinery on all day to drive the numbers up. One civil servant said businesses have reportedly falsified staff attendance logs as well. They would rather waste a small amount of 
money on power than irritate local officials. And, of course, they're trying to fool the world. In Wuhan, officials have tried to make it appear that the recovery efforts are going smoothly. But when uh, you see central leaders personally survey disinfecting regiments and food supplies, local officials are making a special efforts, one resident told Kixon. In a video circulating on social media, residents can be seen shouting at visit, visiting leaders from their apartments where they're being quarantined. Fake. It's all fake. Well, I'll tell you what's not fake. What's not fake is the impact on the rest of the world. Eight days ago, South Korea had 3,526 cases. They now have 7,478 cases. Italy has jumped from 1,128 in eight days to 7,375 in Iran. The biggest jump of all went from 978 cases to 7,161. And Iran is struggling to contain the outbreak. It has surged to more than 230 as uh, their, their death toll is 230 as medical staff are unable to get the safety equipment they need. Iran's health ministry spokesman declared on Monday that 237 people had died from the virus with a total of 7,161 infected. The penetration rates are exceeded only by China and Italy. The virus has already killed and infected numerous members of parliament and senior officials, including an advisor to the Supreme Leader, Ali Khomeini, as well as the health minister. And the nation is sinking into despair as the disease increases misery and isolation. On Thursday, this past Thursday, Tehran said it would have checkpoints to limit travel between major cities in an effort to prevent the virus from spreading further. They canceled Friday prayers across the country to prevent large gatherings. Authorities in Iran warned on Friday that they may use force to limit travel throughout the country after announcing updated figures from the new coronavirus that has continued to spread inside the Islamic Republic. France and Germany are up over 1,000 cases, and the U.S. is at 600 and rising. Total number of cases in Italy, I mentioned that, the European country hardest hit by the virus, jumped 25% from 7,000 to 7,375 from 5883 on Saturday alone, a record jump. 622 people have recovered from COVID-19, the disease associated with the coronavirus, according to Angelo Borelli, head of the country's Civil Protection Agency. Victims in Italy who died after contracting the virus are mostly over the age of 50, which is interesting because every place else they're over the age of 60 or 70, but in Italy it's 50. The one thing I didn't mention about Iran that I mentioned last time is the form of the coronavirus in Iran is different than the one that started in Wuhan. So it's already morphed and changed. Uh, Czech minister, uh, Prime Minister Andre Babis called for Italy to ban all its citizens from traveling in Europe in an effort to curb the outbreak. He said Italy should ban all its citizens from traveling to Europe because we are unable to order such a thing within uh, the European Union's borderless area of Shenzhen. Well, guess what? NewYorkPost.com reported Italy's government has placed more than 16 million people, a quarter of the population, under lockdown. 
but Italy's prime minister on Sunday ordered the complete lockdown of some 16 million people in the country's coronavirus plague north, including the cities of Venice and Milan, in a draconian health measure expected to be approved by legislators later in the day. The quarantine ordered by Giuseppe Conti affects 10 million living in the Lombardy region, another 6 million living in 14 provinces, and it bars anyone from entering or leaving except for undeferrable work needs or emergency situations at least until April 3rd. Anyone breaking the quarantine will face three months in jail, the Guardian UK reported. Cinemas, theaters, dance schools, bingo halls, and pubs will be closed. Restaurants will stay open if they can provide seating that keeps a distance of one meter or a little over a yard between customers. The measure set to take effect immediately would paralyze Italy's industrial north, dealing a great financial blow to Europe's third largest economy. Well, just before I came on the air, foxnews.com reports Italy expands its travel restrictions to cover the whole country as the virus, the coronavirus outbreak, worsens. Italy's prime minister announced Monday evening he was expanding restrictions on travel to cover the entire country in an unprecedented peacetime move to try to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Giuseppe Conti said that a new government decree will require all Italians to meet a limited set of criteria such as need to work or health conditions in order to travel outside the areas where they live. He said the quarantine ordered by Rome in the north over the weekend was not enough and would have to be extended to the whole country, impacting the country's 60 million residents. Well, the Vatican confirms its first corona case as Pope Francis recovers from a cold. That's what they say, anyway. Remember, he's lost part of a lung because of respiratory disease, lung disease, so he would be, at his age and his condition, an easy target. One Vatican official was put into protective quarantine after a priest from France's Catholic Church in Rome tested positive for the virus. The official isn't showing symptoms of COVID-19 disease, but lives in the same church as the infected priest. JewishJournal.com on March 4th, the Israeli government announced that it was expanding its travel ban from people visiting or arriving from Southeast Asia, China, and Italy to include Germany, France, Switzerland, Austria, and Spain. Foreign nationals would be denied entry unless they could prove a means to self Isolate for 14 days. Israeli citizens returning from these countries would have to quarantine themselves for 14 days retroactively from the date of arrival in Israel. Anyone caught violating the quarantine would be subject to fines and up to seven years in prison. A website has been set up to report on violators. The Israeli government is now mulling applying these restrictions to all travelers into Israel. Connecting the dots, folks. We are on the verge. We're not there yet. Don't quote, don't misquote me. We are on the verge of a worldwide global event of locking things down, shutting, shutting down borders, forcing people to quarantine or go to jail. 
We are setting the stage for A, the arrival of somebody to solve this problem for us, and B, a new world order to govern it. Keep going, Time Magazine. Several hundred people are being asked to self-quarantine after potential exposure to the first confirmed case of the new coronavirus in the nation's capital, i.e. Washington, D.C., identified as the rector of a prominent Episcopal church. Well, here we go. You want to go to church and take communion with a side of coronavirus? They did. District of Columbia Mayor Muriel Bowser said Monday that anyone who entered Christ Church, Georgetown, on February 24th or between February 28th and March 3rd is requested to self-quarantine for two weeks from the date of their entrance into the church. Officials on Sunday had announced the district's first positive test. They identified the victim only as a man in his 50s. Uh, A second local positive test included a man who visited Washington area from Nigeria, but he was being hospitalized in Maryland. Well, Reverend Timothy Cole, the church rector, announced Sunday that he was patient one, that the the city officials that were referring to, he remains hospitalized in stable condition, and the church has canceled all activities until further no notice. Dr. Anjali Talwalker of the Washington Health Department said Monday that an exposure risk is defined as coming within six feet of a person with active virus symptoms. Well, what took place at the uh, church, Christ Church, Georgetown, on February 24th or between the 28th and March 3rd, well, several hundred people, she said, were potentially impacted. How? Well, Reverend Cole gave them communion and shook their hands as they left. And now we have, oh, uh, uh, this has been updated since I did this. Four Republican members of Congress have self-quarantined after coming in contact with an infected person during the recent conservative political Action Conference, CPAC, is uh, Ted Cruz of Texas, Representative Paul Gossar of Arizona. I know Matt Getz from Florida, and there's one more. I'm sorry. It uh, changed just as we went to air, and I didn't get it. Uh, Missouri's coronavirus patient families breaks quarantine to attend a school dance. Hey, Dad, how, tell me that story again, how you infected the entire school Well, little girl, I couldn't miss your dance. Uh, Two immediate relatives of a Missouri woman who tested positive for coronavirus on Saturday broke the quarantine her family had been placed under to attend an event on March 7th. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page told reporters on Sunday the patient's father did not act consistently with the health department's instructions. Instead, Last night, he decided to take his other daughter to a school function. They are currently at least 566 or closer to 600 cases now confirmed in the United States. Over 34 states, 22 people have died. Well, county officials were made aware that the father broke quarantine and reiterated in a letter, formal government letter, that the family now must self-isolate. Um, health officials will issue a formal quarantine that will require him to st- and his family to stay in their home by force of law. 
Quarantines are set to last for 14 days, and patients are expected to limit all contact with people and animals. Well, it's not the only place that that's happening. Out in California, the Placer County Health Department issued a brief statement shortly after the police presence showed up on this one street stating, law enforcement partners are currently responding to enforce a health officer's order. We cannot share any additional information to protect patient confidentiality. The orders were given under sections of California Health and Safety Code that allows Placer Health to, quote, enforce regulations restricting, requiring strict isolation or quarantine if the quarantine action is necessary for the protection of the public health, according to WIBW. Quarantine order came after uh, one day after Placer County Public Health announced the death of a 71-year-old resident. Folks, don't tell me this is like the normal flu. It's not acting like the normal flu, nor are they responding to it like the normal flu. But here, let's connect another dot. Deutsche Bank senior European economist Clemente de Lucia last month pointed out in a report titled The Impact of the Coronavirus Supply Chain Analysis and that the U.S. is overly exposed to a crashing China economy. I've gotten to the point, I don't know how to do this, if anybody has an idea, let, let me know. But I think we should all do it. I think we should all write Amazon, eBay, and any place you buy anything online and request that they note any and all products coming from China right at the top of the product listing or in the very first paragraph. You can pretty much figure if if it's a great price, it's coming from China. They need to stop that. It's not our problem. Um, I hate to sound cold about this, but we've been we are so intricately entwined with China and the products, the inferior products that they make, the cheap products that they make, and that includes our prescription drugs, electronics, and all these things. It needs to stop. NBCNews.com. Dr. Anthony Fauci, whose name I've been mentioning here. Uh, over the last three shows, and if you notice, a lot of Italian names. Director of National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases recommended this past Sunday, the elderly and vulnerable Americans limit their exposure to travel and large crowds as the world fights the coronavirus outbreak. In an interview on NBC's Meet the Press, Fauci said the elderly and those with underlying conditions are overwhelmingly more likely to have complications if they catch the coronavirus. Quote, if you're an elderly person with an underlying condition, if you get infected, the risk of getting into trouble is considerable. So it's our responsibility to protect the vulnerable, i.e., even if they don't want to do it for themselves. When I say protect, I mean right now, not wait until things get worse, he said. Say no large crowds, no long trips, and above all, don't get on a cruise ship. This will be a recommendation, he, Fauci said, if you're a person with an underlying condition and you are particularly an elderly person with, doublespeak here, Doc, with an underlying condition, you need to think twice about getting on a plane on a long trip and not only think twice, just don't get on a cruise ship. 
the cruise industry is hurting, folks. The travel industry is going to be hurting. And remember that Grand Princess cruise ship that started all the problems for the Americans that were brought into the country under the dark of night and then told after the fact, oops, they're here already. Um, Well, the second voyage of the Grand Princess cruise ship is right now quarantined off the shores of California, and the passengers will be quarantined in California, Texas, and Georgia. It's being held off the coast of California, and they will divide them into three states for quarantine. So here you go. The Grand Princess, where at least 21 of the 3,500 people on board have tested positive for the coronavirus, have been stranded in the water since last Wednesday. It's set to dock in Oakland today. At least 1,000 passengers who are California residents will complete the mandatory training at Travis Air Force Base about 50 miles northeast of Oakland and Miramar Naval Air Station in San Diego. But they're going to take these people. You've got 3,500 people, and they're going to quarantine them, all of them, including 19 employees, not just the infected ones. Because of the 14, 7 and 14, actually 27 days, one person did not show symptoms for 27 days, but they're they're sticking with the 7 to 14 people. 3,500 people on that ship. Stinking about this. If you have a job, you're not going back to work. Somebody's taking care of your pets, they're going to be taking care of your pets for a while. If you're here visiting on vacation, where are you going to say those people that are stuck in Italy that can't get in or out? They went there for a trip. Now what do you do? Who's going to pay for your room? Who's going to pay for your food? Who's going to take care of things back home? Folks, this is a mess. A Sacramento area man who sailed on the ship in February later succumbed to the coronavirus, and that began the, the whole mess that we're in. Vice, Pre- Vice President Pence urged all that are vulnerable to the coronavirus, especially the elderly and people with pre-existing health issues, use, quote, common sense and caution in planning any cruise ship vacation in the future. Pence and the members of the Coronavirus Task Force, who, according uh, to Dr. Ben Carson, meet every day and go over all the information and the recommendation, speaking in the White House briefing room, said the government had set out 900,000 tests this week with 200,000 more to be sent Saturday, short of the 1.5 million tests initially projected to be delivered by the end of this week. Pence said the expectation was that by the end of next week, another 4 million tests would be shipped out. Here's the problem. The CDC has kept complete control of the situation. Even if they send a test to a doctor or a hospital, it then has to be sent to the CDC. They need to let go of the control. They need to set up local in-house testing to determine whether people are infected. But the problem is CDC is now becoming to stand for center of damage control. They're trying to keep a control of the narrative, in my opinion. Other passengers will be taking the Joint Base San Antonio-Lackland in Texas or Dobbins Air Force Base in Georgia. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp said in a statement Sunday, The 34 state residents and American citizens from the East Coast will be taken to the Marietta base for quarantine and additional testing. HuffingtonPost.com, the U.S. Centers 
for Disease Control and Prevention and Washington State Health Officials have launched an investigation into two cases of the coronavirus at a nursing home in a suburb of Seattle, the same town where the nation's first coronavirus fatality occurred. An outbreak in such a facility is particularly troubling because of the close quarters and the vulnerability of the elderly residents. A health worker at the Life Care Center in Kirkland and a female resident in her 70s have tested positive for the disease, according to state and federal officials in a media call on Saturday. Around 27 of the 108 residents and 25 of the 180 staff members have some symptoms of COVID-19 and are being tested. Well, last week I mentioned a man named Health Ranger Mike Adams from Newstarket.com. Now, I will state this before I read his information, but first I'll take a sip. Anyway, this Mike Adams leans towards the conspiratorial, but he vets his sources and he tells you where he's getting his information from. And this is something he says, and it ties in with what I've been saying, but don't listen to me, listen to the TV doctors a TV doctor like Dr. Drew, or you can listen to Rush Limbaugh or Elon Musk who tell you this is just like the everyday flu. No, it's not. It's nothing like the everyday flu. This is what he said. There's a disease that's spreading around the world at breakneck speeds, and it isn't the coronavirus. It's coronavirus denialism, a kind of mental state of imaginary biology. Quote, it won't be that bad. It's no worse than the flu. There'll be a vaccine that stops it. The government will stop it. It won't affect America like it's affecting the rest of the world. It'll fade out on its own. Viruses don't exist, don't cause disease. It'll be contained, won't spread any further. It'll be stopped. And when you hear these phrases, you've got pandemic denialism, disease. And here's how to offer them a question for a quick cure. Ask them this question. Ask them how the coronavirus stops replicating. It doesn't. It hasn't yet. If you remember, explain the biology of this particular virus. Unlike the everyday flu, which, yes, does kill large numbers of people, but the mortality rate, the fatality rate of the coronavirus is higher. And here's why. <clears throat> virus gets into your lungs. You breathe it in. Somebody coughs, sneezes, or whatever. You breathe it in. It gets into your lungs. It attaches itself to a cell in your lungs. It invades that cell. <clears throat> Excuse me. It invades that cell. And then it hijacks the machinery of that cell and forces it to replicate itself infected. And that's what happens. It goes on and on and on and on until it turns your lungs black. Well, Rush Limbaugh said 98% of the people survive, which is really a backhanded admission that 2% die. If half the U.S. population gets infected, a 2% fatality rate, 3.3 million people are 100 times more than the flu. But Russia is going to say what Russia is going to say. They're all going to say what they're going to say because they're trying to control a panic. Dr. Drew is a celebrity doctor. 
oh, it's no worse than the flu. I saw somebody post that, and I didn't want to get into them with them. But what I want to say is you're not doing your homework. Read the reports of people that have gotten this, and they've all said the same thing. I've had the flu, and this is nothing like it. The coronavirus mortality rate is 34 times higher than the season flu. The average mortality rate of a seasonal influenza is 0.1%, according to CDC.gov. The mortality rate amongst those infected with the coronavirus, according to the World Health Organization, is 3.4%. If the virus were easy to stop, it would have been contained in Wuhan or in South Korea or in some part of Asia or in it wouldn't be in 103 countries and territories, would it? If it were easy to stop, it wouldn't still be spreading like wildfire in Italy and Iran and South Korea. The USA would not have right now 464 confirmed infections, up from just the 15 when President Trump first told us it was no big deal. Well, leaked documents from a lecturer at the American Hospital Association AHA conference in February reveals what the U.S. hospitals are preparing for. They're preparing for 96 million coronavirus infections, 4.8 million hospitalizations, and 480,000 deaths in the U.S. of A. This has been reported by the U.K. Daily Mail as well as the business insider, Dr. James Lawler. A professor of the University of Nebraska Medical Center presented the harrowing best-guessed estimates of the extent of the outbreak to hospitals and health professionals as a part of the AHA webinar called What Health Leaders Need to Know Preparing for COVID-19. He did this on February 26. The slide projected very high death rates for people older than 60. It went on that people aged 80 and over have a 14.8% chance of dying if they contract the infection. The slides reveal the risk declines with youth, those those aged 70 to 79 and 60 to 69 are still placed at a significant risk with 8% and 3.6% mortality rates, respectively. Dr. Lawler expects the coronavirus to infect around 30% of the U.S. population and result in only a 5% hospitalization rate. In contrast, Dr. Fauci Um, who I've mentioned before, the National Institute of Health, has estimated that 15 to 20% of the coronavirus patients would need hospitalization, meaning that an estimate of 4.8 million hospitalization may actually be 15 million. Well, the United States has fewer than 1 million hospital beds, and they are typically 75% occupied by existing patients unrelated to the coronavirus. That means if you calculate that out, the U.S. hospital beds will be overrun by May 30th if nothing is done to stop the exponential spread of the coronavirus. Dr. Lawler's estimate of 480,000 deaths would indicate a death rate of just half a percent, which is significantly lower than what's being reported by the World Health Organization and the nation of Italy, which has got a 5% death rate. But even if the death rate's just 2%, with 96 million people infected, that's 1.92 million people. 
Mike Adams did a pandemic projection model that estimated 2.16 million deaths in America by July 4th if nothing is done to stop the spread of the virus. And here's how he laid it out. And I'm not trying to create panic. I'm just telling you the potential worst case scenario. We can either act like nothing's going on or we can say the sky is falling or we can just stand somewhere in the middle and say, what are the two ends of the spectrum? Well, here's what he projects according to the pandemic projection model. By April 4th, 2020, if no travel restrictions are put in place, and folks, it's common sense right now that the United States should stop all travel from infected countries. That's just a given I don't know why that's not happening. Maybe they'll follow suit once they see everybody else, Israel and Italy and, and Iran and the U.S., uh, United Arab Emirates and people like that are doing it. If there are no travel restrictions in place by April 4th, 2020, 8,645 people will be actively infected and transmitting the disease. 580 will be dead cumulatively since day one with five hundred with fifty eight deaths on April fourth and five thousand four hundred and thirty two will have recovered since day one. The numbers jump May fourth, twenty twenty. If again, this is only if no travel restrictions are put in place. There'll be one hundred and twenty two thousand five hundred and twenty nine actively infected and transmitting the virus. Ten thousand four hundred and thirty two would have died since day one, nine hundred and ten deaths on that day. 85,332 would have recovered. By June 4th, 2020, no travel restrictions. There'll be 1.7 million actively infected and transmitting 153,000 dead since day one, 12,960 on that day, 1.2 million recovered. By July 4th, this is where it just jumps. 24.3 million will be infected since day one. 2.16 million will have been dead since day one, with 183,000 dying on that day and 17.1 million recovering. Worst case scenario. But what else is going on beside the disease? There's some interesting other things happening that is really slipping by. Well, back on February 15th, China started disinfecting and isolating used banknotes in an effort to stop the spread of COVID-19. Now, there's no actual proof that the disease was on the money. Interesting choice of words. There's no actual proof that they were infected. They just assumed that they could be infected. So they used ultraviolet light or high temperatures to disinfect the, the bills. Then they would seal and store them for 7 to 14 days, depending upon the severity of the outbreak in the particular region, before recirculating them. Well, not long after Beijing started quarantining physical money all throughout China, because it might be infected, the Federal Reserve here in the United States started to do the same thing. By quarantining physical dollars coming from Asia, before recirculating them in the U.S. financial system, according to a Fed spokesman. And while all the money isn't quite yet been fully and systematically removed from the American circulation, what we're witnessing is a precursor of things to come. 
there will come a point where they will say the risk is too great. Paper, money, and coins, the risk is too great. We must switch to digital currency. Remember I talked about that? That was part of what the Lord showed me in January 2018. There's going to be something that gets us into a cashless society. I'm watching the explosion of blockchain being um, applied in various countries on every level. There will come a point where you won't be able to use cash or coin and maybe not even an ATM card because it touches your hands. You may do everything off of your phone. You may do everything off of blockchain. I'm going to see if I can get somebody to come on and explain that. But then CBSNews.com. I picked this up. I don't know how I found it, to be honest with you. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is preparing to roll out an at-home coronavirus testing kit to the residents of the Seattle area. Test case, test case, the community hardest hit by the virus in the U.S. so far. So more than 500 cases have been confirmed in the U.S. 24 have died, the majority of them in Washington state. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation hopes that these new kits will improve the detection of the disease and help mitigate the impact of the epidemic. According to Gates Foundation CEO Mark Sussman, early detection plays an essential role in helping public health authorities identify and treat people with COVID-19, take steps to safely isolate them, and reduce transmission within the community. Well, from the Gates Foundation press release, March 4th, 2020, five days ago, the foundation will work in coordination with Public Health Seattle and King County, the Washington State Department of Health, and the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to help them enhance their capacity to detect and treat COVID-19 and guide public health efforts to reduce transmission. Remember I told you that sooner or later, Gates would be involved in a vaccine. He's starting out by just offering people a test kit to know if they're ill. Vaccine's coming, folks. And his name will be on it. Part of this effort, it goes on to say, will explore how the resources of Seattle, the Seattle flu study could be pivoted towards emergency efforts to monitor and respond to COVID-19. Originally designed to create a community-wide network to detect infectious disease outbreaks, the Seattle flu study explores innovative ways to track the spread of the viruses across a large urban area using methods including rapid virus genetic sequencing and mapping chains of transmission. On February 5th, the foundation committed to $100 million of the global effort to respond to COVID-19. This included up to $20 million to accelerate international efforts to control the spread of COVID-19, up to $20 million to help partners in sub-Saharan Africa and South Asia to strengthen their response efforts, and up to $60 million to kickstart the development of vaccines. You, you knew you were going to hear that sooner or later in treatment for COVID-19. Today's $5 million commitment represents funding in addition to the original $100 million commitment. 
The COVID-19 epidemic reminds us that infectious disease respects no boundaries and no community is immune to the threat of a global pandemic, said Sussman. You know, he snuck in the word pandemic. We can, however, take steps to mitigate the impact of COVID-19 in Seattle and around the world and are ready to support these efforts here in our home community. This is what I was waiting for. I was waiting for Bill Gates to get involved on some level. I didn't I didn't it didn't dawn on me that he would offer an at home testing kit, start out in Seattle. Once they do it there and accept it, I can guarantee you it's gonna be all over the United States. We have cases here in central Florida. A seventy year old man died up in North Florida, not too far from Larry. Um, it's going to be in every state. I understand that, that Alabama's got some uh, serious issues going on. Somebody uh, posted something on Twitter from UAB. Um, this isn't going away. This isn't the normal flu. This isn't anything like we've ever seen before. That's why they call it novel. I think it's man-made, just my opinion. I think it was a test case scenario to see how the world responded. And the fact that you can't buy rubbing alcohol, hand sanitizers, or even toilet paper right now is crazy. Yes. And if you're wondering why toilet paper, one of the victims who um, posted on Twitter his experience is that it was the worst diarrhea he's ever had. So I guess everybody's panicking just in case. Now stores like Publix here in Florida are limiting how much you can buy. But you can't You can't get rubbing alcohol. You can't buy Lysol wipes. You can't get anything to help you to combat this. And I don't know if they're going to quarantine my area. I don't know about uh, stocking up on food for us and the dogs. Um, we do have uh, charcoal I can, I can grill. I'm praying about it. I haven't really felt the big push. We might do a slight stock up tomorrow's food shopping day. And I'm not going to tell you what to do. I know the preppers are all going, See, I told you so. You should have dug a hole in your backyard. Um, yeah, that's for you to put your body in. But anyway, um, this is going on. It's going on all over the world. It's been going on, uh, from what we know, early December, but maybe maybe more, maybe before then. But we also know that it's being used as a way to attack President Trump. The uh, people on MSNBC and the liberal um, sites that would like it to take him down, they're calling it his Katrina or his 9-11 which, you know, is really, you really a lot, whole lot of sympathy here. People are sick, some are dying, and you, you're, you're rah-rahing and smiling and saying, this could be it. Um, will, will it take him down? No, I don't think so, because every doctor has said he closed the borders, the ones that he could, and now we have to look at the back at the people that would let him close the borders. But this thing with Bill Gates really just was interesting to me. I knew it was going there, and I had I have more information here, and I've had a check in my spirit about it. We talked about the ID2020 Alliance. I got that out. We talked about biometrics and digital vaccines and 
all the things, the proof that you're vaccinated. They're really pushing that now. Other people are mentioning it. We need to have ways. Somebody announced right uh, before um, we went on air that you're going to be able to carry your travel records on your cell phone to show whether you've been vaccinated or not. Well, of course, the security of that will, will eventually be a chip in the hand, which is what ID 2020 is all about. But I don't know if you remember a while ago on Reflections in the Dark, we connected Bill Gates to the Lucis Trust in New York, which used to be called Lucifer Publishing. I think I'm going to go find that show and re-put the link up rather than reinventing the wheel because the information hasn't changed. Uh, I did mention that uh, Bill Gates' father used to be the head of Planned Parenthood and his mother used to be the head of the United Way. So it's in his, it's in his DNA, it's in his mindset to be doing what he's doing. I don't think they counted on this. Because of the market hit, these wealthy people lost billions of dollars today. Some may have lost a third of their wealth because of the plunge in the value of stocks and commodities. I don't think they intended that. I still believe that this was a weaponized virus that China lost control of. It got out. I still believe that somewhere along the line, a certain three-letter covert agency got a hold of it because a lot of the people who are suffering are our economic and political enemies. I can't prove that. That's just conspiracy theory that could eventually become conspiracy fact. But where we are right now is this. These are the symptoms. Let me, let me recap. The virus enters through the nose and mouth. It then finds a host cell in the respiratory system. The host cell then bursts and infects other cells nearby. I think I saw this movie. And it goes on and on and on like that. And how it spreads is through runny nose, coughing, sore throat, and high temperature. And I don't know if you've ever been out and see somebody sneeze and they don't cover their face. Or they sneeze into their hands. Or they sneeze and then they wipe it on their sleeve and then they reach for a doorknob. Um, here's the deal. Wash your hands. I go to the gym. Like this morning, I was in the gym at 5 a.m. You want to be in an area that's a potential Petri dish. People are sweating. They're working out. They're there for an hour, maybe more. Um, I wear workout gloves. I don't touch my face. I wash my hands uh, with uh, sanitizer when I get in the car, when I get home, and I pray. I pray a Psalm 91 covering about pestilence. I've had people say to me, well, God's just going to protect me everywhere I go. But it doesn't say that. Do not test the Lord your God. If you know some places, not some place you're supposed to go, don't go. Well, what about Jesus and the lepers? And what about the disciples? And Richard, what about your story with your cousin who had AIDS? Well, I asked the Lord about that. And if you don't know the story, I've, I've mentioned it. Um, cousin of mine was dying with HIV. He didn't have full-blown AIDS, but the HIV was killing him. This was shortly after I got saved. He was in St. Vincent's Hospital in New York where they had all the AIDS, AIDS patients. He was on the floor with the worst of the AIDS patients. I went to visit him 
walked up to the desk to get in to see him, and she handed me the gown and the cap and the gloves and the booties, and I said, no, thank you. If my God can't protect me from that, I have the wrong God. She was a black nurse, and she must have been a believer. She kind of smiled. She took me in. Even my cousin said, what are you doing? You know, nobody's been in here without that. And I said the same thing to him. Well, I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, you protected me when I went to visit Bobby. And he, it was in an award where there were infectious AIDS patients in there. He goes, yeah, but you were on divine assignment. That was his day of salvation. You were doing kingdom business. You had diplomatic immunity. That's the way he worded it to me. You were under diplomatic immunity. Well, if I'm going to go to Italy to ski in the Alps, or I just want to go somewhere on vacation, or I want to visit the Louvre because I want to see what's on the walls, or go someplace uh, where these infections are happening, and it has nothing to do with him, and it's personal and selfish, I can't guarantee you that he's going to protect you. It's up to you. You have to decide. But I will tell you this, don't take this lightly. They've been preparing for this. I mentioned John Hopkins Center for Health Security World Economic Forum, event twenty, uh, event 2001 in October. Event 201, October 18, 2019, hosted by John Hopkins Center for Health Security, the World Economic Forum, and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. What were they dealing about? Pandemic preparedness. He ran a pandemic model to explain what they were talking about. That matches very closely to what happened in Wuhan at a Massachusetts medical society. He reiterated it. Pandemic preparedness. A sense of urgency is lacking. The world needs to prepare for pandemics in the same serious way it prepares for war. And he laid out a disease modeling that in a time-lapse video explained how a, quote, potential outbreak in China could then rapidly spread across the planet, eventually killing 33 million people. Well, the question is, was he predicting the coronavirus outbreak in China? He claimed, oh, it was just fictional, just fictional. We were just using a model. Interesting model there, dude. Folks, Don't be caught unaware. You don't have to believe me. I know some of you don't. You write me and you tell me that. I see it on Twitter when I post stuff or on uh, uh, Facebook. People post something from some local doctor or the CDC or who, and it's just like the flu. No, it's not. Do your homework. Even the the, uh, Fauci, Dr. Fauci said today, it's not like the flu. It's unlike anything we've seen before. And I think this is just the dry run. This isn't the one that will usher in the son of perdition. This is not it. This is not going to get us into the digital cashless society. We're not ready for that. The banks have not taken over the cryptocurrency market. They're slowly sliding into it, which is why I'd still love to be able to get my idea up and running and just get the crumbs off of the table of what's being created. But it will happen. It will happen. The interesting timing is where we are just before the election. No matter what your political affiliation is, you better wake up.
You had better wake up. I'm hoping that you're connecting the dots. I hope that you're reading more. I hope that you're doing your own research. Stop listening to the talking heads. Go do your own research. And don't just listen to the figures being given to you by the CDC or who or uh, anybody. Go match it with the information coming out of the foreign countries that are in active epidemic, pandemic modes like Italy and Iran and these other places. They're taking it seriously. Shutting down your entire country, that's a hit to the economy. I don't know how they overcome. But that's the decision they've made. If they can get a grasp on it, they can slow it down and then stop it. Can't tell you how long I think it'll go. I think that the way they're working at it, I'm not going to say. I just do know this. We were going up to... New England, and at the end of March to shoot the rest of the deep darkness, that's not happening. We're now looking like May or June, just in case we have to drive. If you'd like to help support that, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Let us know right in there and say, hey, how can I help you guys do that? There's some things that we're going to be doing. I'm going to put it in a newsletter. If you're not on the newsletter email list, Go to firefallmediagroup at gmail.com. Send me an email that says, please put me on your newsletter list. Folks, we're going to give you the viewpoint. We're going to look at it from above. We're going to tell you everything that, we're going to, that we see. We're going to help you connect the dots. The rest is up to you. I'm Richard Grund. This has been Overwatch on Firefall Talk Radio. This weekend at Kohl's, take an extra 15% off. Save on men's and women's denim. Get Under Armour shoes for the family, $59.99 and under. And pick up a Power XL air fryer, just $84.99. Plus, take an extra $10 off your back-to-school purchase of $50 or more. Plus, store drive-up. And get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles, 15% off with promo code Notebook and August 16th. Under Armour offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10 and August 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.